Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your hosts today, as always, Pamela Bentley. And I'm your other host this afternoon, R.C. Wetzlowski. And we're both looking at each other all together. And our guest today is Elena Johnson. Welcome, Elena. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. We're excited because neither Pam nor I uh, I have uh, experienced your poetry yet. And uh, you get to be our guest, and so uh, we're going to have you just start things off so we can, uh, all everybody listening as well who hasn't heard you can all experience that at once. That's right. Sure. Sounds good. Um, I'll read a poem from my first book of poetry, which was just published by Gaspero Press. Um, I've only had the copies in my hands for a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. And um, this this book was written during my time as writer-in-residence at a remote ecology research station in the Ruby Range Mountains of the Yukon. So all this first poem is called Tallest Objects, and it is from the book. Tallest Objects. Wildflowers, one knuckle high. Mammals, the width of a hand, gather bouquets in their mouths. Pile them in havens (coughs) under stones. Each human gesture weighted with layers of fleece and wool, zippers and eiderdown. A kilometer above sea level, we are the tallest objects bent by the wind. Wide-legged gate of researchers, the hunch at day's end over a kitchen table that is a series of planks. On evenings that aren't wind and rain, we form a loose circle, chew false tobacco, spit it red onto the rocks outside the cook tent's silvery dome. Nice. So that is from your field notes for the alpine tundra. Correct. And you have just explained to us why it would be called that because you were working at the... So did you, were you, a, did you consider yourself a poet before you went there and then started writing poems or did you go there and then go, oh... I'm going to write down these things. Oh, wait a minute. These are poems. Well, a bit of both. I've considered myself a poet for a long time. I've also worked um, in my past work experience as a field ecology researcher, but I went to this uh, field camp or research station as a visiting poet, as their writer-in-residence. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah, it was pretty great. (laughs) So when you said Mm writer-in-residence, I thought maybe you were like a research Mm writer-in-residence, but no, an actual poet. Poet. It's very... (laughs) That is very cool cool. thinking of them. How did you, yeah, how did that come about? Well, I had a connection to this field camp because I had applied to work there um, as a field researcher a few years earlier, and that didn't work out. And then I was here in Vancouver doing my master's degree, and I 
was e emailing back and forth with one of the researchers who is a friend of mine. Uh -huh. And he said, you really have to come up here sometime. Um, and my, my summer was too busy to take on a job that summer, like a job out of town. And uh, But he told me, he said, you know, we had an artist in residence once. I wonder oh. if our supervisor would be open to having a writer in residence. So I wrote up a proposal yeah. and sent it in. And they said yes. So oh, wow. yeah, so that's how it happened. What I learned later is that the artist in residence stayed at base camp where there are showers and bunk beds and <laughs> a cook. <laughs> but I was off in the mountains. With them, oh, okay. yeah, with a a little in a little camp with six or seven tents and no no running water and um, you know, a very, a very rustic camp with an electric fence around the tents that we keep. plugged in at night to keep the grizzly bears out. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> and chewing tobacco. And false tobacco that yeah. someone brought on one of their trips into the camp. Wow. Maybe that attracts yeah. the bears. That's why they have to have the fence. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what are they researching or what were you researching? Uh, all kinds of things. Um, so while I was there, there were between six and eight biologists there at any point in time. Most people stay at the camp three or four weeks and then hike out again to take a break, take a shower, okay. <laughs> eat some regular food and come back again. Um, so there were six, of eight, six to eight of us at any point in time. And... The people I was there with uh, were researching marmot behavior. Uh, of course. Yeah, pike. <laughs> I got to help trap the marmots. <laughs> well, help as in sit beside them while they trapped them yeah. and take some notes. Um, pika behavior, uh, changes in snowmelt and how that affects uh, vegetation growth. Tiny, tiny plants in mm -hmm. that landscape. And, and it's a landscape, it's an ecosystem very sensitive to climate change. So some of these studies were uh. looking at things like snowmelt and temperature change from season to season that would affect yeah. the whole ecosystem. Um, a lot of there were a lot of vegetation based studies and the head ptarmigan researcher was there while I was there too and she left but while we were both there we noticed that I had a talent for finding ptarmigan by oh. accident so she had me fill out a data sheet for the rest of the time <laughs> I was there when I was just wandering around if right. I found a ptarmigan I took more? I did <laughs> and one of the poems you'll notice in the book um, I have a few scientific charts and maps. So one of those charts is my my ptarmigan data sheet. It's on page 32 from um, the records I was taking of ptarmigan that I found. Elena has very nicely bo given both of us a copy. So this is us mm -hmm. uh, rustling through the pages looking for page 32. <laughs> oh, I like it. And now yeah. would you read this as a poem then? Is Gosh. that what you would do? Is that what you do? Or is this like, yeah. is this like appendix? Appendices. No, I would. I would have this. I would have people read this as a poem. I've never read it out loud as a poem. I'm not sure. Oh, so you I think, think it's like, more interesting more on the page? Yeah, huh. yeah. And that answers my question. I was. I thought so. The ptarmigan is a bird. Yes, yes. I was going to explain. Right. So ptarmigan is a pheasant-sized or kind of chicken-sized mm. bird, and they are so camouflaged in this alpine tundra landscape that I did nearly step on a couple of them <laughs> before they fluffed up their Whoa. feathers and yeah, they're <laughs> made really some cool noise. To see, like, cause you yeah. can't see. I was trying to yeah. explain to somebody just a couple of weeks ago what a marmot was as well. Yeah. So you obviously yeah. know, how would you explain to somebody who said, what's a marmot? A marmot is a large rodent, um, a 
almost the how would I explain this? I mean, size? I know what they are, but I couldn't larger explain. Larger than the largest watermelon you've seen, oh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> and they yeah, they're um a large rodent. They're very um active and I find them mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> um and they are they are light colored and they make a very loud piercing whistle sound Mm. that is their call to one another yeah yeah i mentioned that i said they were sort of like halfway in between a groundhog and a uh, um chipmunk yeah sort of when i was trying to explain to somebody (laughs) what they were but and it was like they'd seen a picture of it because it was on a card that we had and Mm. and i was like they said what is that it's a such and such i said no no it's a marmot and they didn't know what that was so Okay, so that's a good description. Now I know how to, to describe it. Uh, let's have another yeah. poem. Sure. This beautiful book. Well, I mentioned the grizzly fence, so I'll read this mm-hmm. one. Um, it's called Before Sleep. What page is that on? Uh, 20. It's for all of those of you following along at yes. home. It's on page 20. <laughs> and who bought uh, copies at the book launch the other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Before Sleep. These nights are mostly sunset. We amble into long johns, arrange our cocoons without flashlights. Wind keens the ropes that tie shelters to stones. Before sleep, we switch the bare fence on, Hmm. each pulse through the wire, a faint click. So you can hear this faint clicking all night long? Did it mm-hmm. interrupt your sleep or would it no. have interrupted your sleep? Was it like security? Mm-hmm. Huh. Just very faint. Even when you got up close to it, it was it was quite a faint But it was sound so quiet. It was, you there. Could it. it was so quiet. It was so quiet. In fact, it took a few years for me to edit the poems, find a publisher, wait for the book to be published. And in the end, it was a good thing because I was working on one poem about just how quiet it was there. And I that poem wasn't really finished until this past fall. So because because I had some time until the book came out, it meant that poem about silence made it into the book. Whereas, Can you read that now? Sure, sure. I don't know if I've read that one out loud. Um, to an audience, I mean. But that, that kind of silence... Um, okay, it's on page 22. I had to check my table of contents. <laughs> So exciting to have a real book in my hand. I know. Well, maybe now's a good time because you just handed these to us before we went on air. And it's beautiful. It has like a, a cover, like an old cover, the old style cover, like a, what is that called? A dust jacket? A jacket. It comes off. Yeah. And it's got a beautiful photo on it, which you said you've taken. Yeah. And you can tell that that's the landscape that ptarmigans can disappear into. So there's exactly. probably a ptarmigan in this picture. Yeah, that you don't. You know, know what? There might be. And but did you notice if you flip it over, there is a caribou. In I was going to say, is that a caribou? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the, and then you have yeah. a line about the ca- caribou appearing antlers first, and this is you. You just see a little bit more of them, but not mm. the legs yet. Yeah. 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 It's in a beautiful. Fact, yeah, that poem was written about that moment, um, that very same moment when I photographed oh, those sweet. caribou. Yeah. And then the the texture of it too. It has like um, I don't know. It's not it's not a slick texture. Yeah. No. It feels like, it's like a there's landscape. some grittiness there. Yeah. 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 And something I love about Gasparo books in general. Well, Gasparo prints their own books. I don't know if you both knew that they have their own. Press. press. That's the one that's in New Brunswick, right? Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yeah. And usually they letterpress print their covers, but in this case they decided to use a photograph for the cover. 
So I was wondering, oh, is it still, is it going to be as beautiful as usual? What's mm -hmm. it going to feel like? But it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It feels it's great. Really nice. It really is. And it really yeah. shows. And even the paper, the paper itself is gorgeous to feel. It kind of yeah. looks like a painting as well in my mind in the back. It, just the colors, mm -hmm. the yeah, way they is, meld together. Yeah, it is mm -hmm. like a painting. So you yeah. can't see any of this on the radio. You're going to have to go to Elena's next book launch, which is? Right. I have a reading coming up this Saturday at the Vancouver Public Library, the Central Branch. It's at 3 p.m. and I'll be reading with Raul Fernandez and Kevin Spence. Who also have new books out. They also have new books out, first books as well. And the nice thing about this reading is it's also a Q&A opportunity. So if you have pressing questions for any of these three poets, you can show up and ask them. And what time <laughs> is that? Um, it's at 3 p.m. till 4.30 p.m. What room is it in? I Do don't know? have the room so number yet, but I know there. when you, I, yeah, when you get into the library, there will be signs. And yeah. then you can get one of these beautiful books into your hand, and you can see what, or you can feel what we're talking about about how it feels. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna hear before we're gonna hear another poem. Now, silent for the dry season. Yeah, I think I'll read the silence one. Silent for the dry season. So little noise here, sound becomes a feeling. My own blood. A humming constant. I sit by a rock-edged stream bed, silent for the dry season. In the distance, Pika Creek hisses like rain. The mist slows. Up on the western ridge top, a slight whisper of motion, like the shh of breeze through treetops, in this place where there are no trees. That's beautiful. It's ghostly. So the shh through the treetops, where was the shh coming from? I still don't know. It's it was like, like the rocks the, breathing or exactly, something. Exactly, or the mist, just the, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it was, it was quite, quite mysterious. This and when you live somewhere near a highway sound. or just far enough from the highway that it doesn't sound like a highway anymore, and you can also hear that shh. Yeah. Right? I always assumed it was the highway, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes when I was out there, I thought, because I'm so accustomed to having um, some kind of yeah traffic noise or something in the background, even when you're camping, you can often still hear a road or something, mm -hmm. but not here. So sometimes I thought I heard traffic and then had mm. to think of what was that really and for once it was a fly buzzing by oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. well a friend of mine was telling me that uh, like two or three or four years ago there was this phenomenon around the world where there was this unknown the source was unknown of this humming this super loud humming that would appear um, in the atmosphere in cities up and then in northern Russia and around, all different spots around the world and there are recordings of it and nobody knows what it is and it's just this esoteric humming sound going wow. on. And so, I don't know, maybe it's a version of that. Like yeah. the, the humming of the earth. Like there, there, there's yeah. a harmonic, harmonics to the, to the vibration of the earth. So maybe yeah. it's just that. Oh, that's fascinating. 
I lived in New Mexico for a while, and there's a thing called the Taos hum in Taos, New Mexico, mm. that people say that you can hear. I've never heard it. And, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, the Taos hum, whatever. But it's, a lot of people have said they've heard it, and it sounds very much like what mm. you just described, R.C., and it's like, you know, because it, it's kind of a hippie place, right? So, oh, yeah. so and very artistic, artist colony. It's got a long history, but so that's why sometimes it's like, yeah, well, she moved up to Taos because she could hear the hum. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But that was where I was describing. I lived in the country about an hour from Taos, and that was where I could hear that sound. Okay. That sometimes it was the highway that was about a mile uh, away. Yeah. But it wasn't a really busy highway. It was just yeah. two lanes, you know, one way each way. But then sometimes it was just the sound, and that was like high desert, right? So lots yeah. of rocks, lots of non-tree vegetation, right? Yeah. Or perhaps the ghost of Farley Mowat yeah. <laughs> is following you around yeah. up there. Going, <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> this is what cow, that's what uh, that's why what, what uh, wolves do when they're not crying wolf, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're whisper shushing you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Elena's going to read us another poem, I hope. But um, while you're looking for one, I'm just going to say that you're listening to Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5, and this week is our member drive. This week is our member drive. We are about $12,000 away from our $40,000 goal. Our member drive ends officially, we'll say midnight Friday, but, you know, then Roots Reggae comes on. So we'll say like <laughs> 7 o'clock on uh, Saturday morning. So they have one last shot at it. Um, so if you have a membership and would like to renew it, now's a good time to do it. If you've never gotten a membership, you need to uh, call in at 604-684-8494. Uh, Leela will answer. That's 604-684-8494. And donate at least $10 in order to get a membership. But we're going to give away some tickets, correct? We are. We're going to give away tickets to an event on Sunday night called Jangle and Shout. It is the event that kind of bonds the hullabaloo part of verses with the rest of verses. Sunday night at the York. $12 in advance for tickets, $15 at the door. We're going to give away a set of two tickets for somebody who calls in and takes out or renews a membership. Yes. So While can, we're on the air. Yeah, you can call 604-684-8494 and tell Leela that, or you can wait until we're off the air if you want and talk to us. Um, but that is a, a really great value. So you're getting two things for whatever amount that you want mm -hmm. to. We will probably ask you to donate at least $30 because yeah. they're a value of $30. And I mean, some of the people performing at Jangle and Show include yourself, Me, uh, yes. Ivan E. Coyote, uh, Barbara Adler, the uh, one of the winning teams from uh, Hullabaloo, uh, our underground indies champion from Hullabaloo. And we don't know who those are yet no. because that's happening this weekend. Uh, I think Lucia Mish and Morgan Purvis are also going to be performing at Jangle and Shout. So it's a because great wide uh, variety of performers. So if you would like to uh, get a uh, $30 value of tickets, a pair of tickets to go see Jangle and Shout this Sunday at the York Theatre. Uh, call in now and say you want to either start up a membership or renew a membership, a minimum of $30 if that would, because it matches the ticket price. And again, 604-684-8494 is the number to call. And uh, call during the show or just after the show and uh, win those tickets. No skill testing question required. That's right. Except that you listen to our show. Well, yes. No, you don't even have to listen to our show. But that would be good. Though. It'd be kind of hard to not to Hear know to call it, yeah. in if you weren't listening right now. Yeah. But because we're not silent like the tundra no. that you're telling <laughs> us about, Alina. Clearly. Um, so, have you got another poem ready for this? this? Is Alina Johnson? Yeah. Well, we were just talking about the 
photograph of the caribou on the cover. So I thought I would okay. a poem Great. that is about that that same moment. It's called Caribou. And if you're following along in your own <laughs> book, it's on page 31. <laughs> caribou. Within the ecoregion, Kluane, Ruby, and Nisling ranges, Shakwak Valley, Kluane Plateau. Today, two caribou appear, antlers first from behind a ridge. No borders for them between Yukon and Alaska, Yukon and BC. But each herd maintains its migrant territory, its summer range, its winter. Today, two caribou appear, if these are the two I saw yesterday, I haven't seen four. <laughs> I know. I started reading and laughing before you read that, and I was like, I better wait. That's the danger of giving us books. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I loved about that before we got to that is I was like, oh, I finally know how to pronounce all those names yeah. ah. because I read books that are set in Alaska. Yeah. So they have those names in them because, of yeah. course, like you say, it doesn't, there's no borders there. Yeah. Uh, Kluani, I never knew that that's what it was called. And Nisling mm-hmm. and Shakwak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I know how they said. Hooray. I love that I haven't seen before. That's great. I still don't know. Did the same two caribou come by yeah, again yeah. or were they two new ones? <laughs> I feel that way about crows. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the house. I never know if it's like the same seven crows. Over yeah, and over again. they probably are. I bet there's certain crows that like your house or your yard. Probably. Yeah. Looking for places to build things. Yeah, I Coming saw... Coming for the breadcrumbs I put out. Yeah, there was a crow on my balcony a few days ago with a whole bunch of fluff in its beak. Just sitting there, getting ready to fly off. Yeah, they're getting nesting right in, now. They're yeah. looking for the nesting places. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, have you read the poetry of Gary Snyder at all? I have, and there is an interesting connection, actually. Um, if the postscript of this book is a few lines from Han Shan, also known as Cold Mountain, and Gary Snyder translated a oh. lot of a lot of a book called Cold Mountain by okay. Han Shan um, back in the '60s or maybe '50s. I've got that in my notes here somewhere, but. Um, this passage that I picked is actually translated by Gary Snyder and huh. is from that book. Oh, okay. Um, and I am a fan of Gary Snyder's work, and I could not find or create a better translation of this passage. I think it's really the best. And I told my editor, I said, you know, I haven't, I haven't asked for permission to use this. Is there still time, or will I have to choose a different passage? And And he said, oh, no, there's still time. So he wrote to Gary's publisher, and they said yes, Gary's current publisher. And uh, Gary Snyder is sent a copy of this book, which is thrilling. Do you want to read that postscript? Sure. Yeah, I really love, uh, I've read a lot of Han Shan and other Chinese Zen poets from that time period. And, uh, yeah, this passage in particular, it really resonates resonates with me. Today I'm back at Cold Mountain. I'll sleep by the creek and purify my ears. And of course they might not even be at Cold Mountain. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Why did you ask about Gary Snyder? I see. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the, well, reading these and then looking at them too. I just, um, I just got that sense of that there'd be, either that it reminded me of Gary Snyder um, a little bit um, without maybe the, the sort of the Zen 
uh, and Buddhist sort of stuff in there. But um, but yeah, kind of the and the nature um, being in the wild and yeah. you know I guess you weren't completely alone, but that sort of isolation from yeah. a major civilization and because yeah. Gary Snyder was uh, did a lot of that writing um, in the Pacific Northwest yeah. primarily of the U.S. Um, as one of the, he's still, well, I guess he's still alive. And, uh, mm-hmm. one of the, I guess, second wave of beat writers that, uh, came from the, he was, I think it was more of the sixties rather than the, the fifties mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyway, I had, and I had it really liked a lot of his stuff when I had read it, uh, many years ago and this kind of just reminded me of it. So I was curious. That is really neat. I'm yeah. really glad you shared that. Yeah. That's a great compliment. Cool. Yeah. Um, so tell us again about, um, you have more than one reading coming up. The next one is uh, VPL yep. Central Branch on Saturday at 3 o'clock with Kevin Spence and Raul Fernandez. Yep. And then what's next? Uh, next I'm off to Calgary and oh. I have a launch there on May 14th at 8 p.m. at Winos. <laughs> and that is with Monica Kidd, another Gaspero poet who has a new book out this spring. She organized that launch. Mm-hmm. She lives in Calgary. And Sean Johnston who lives in the Okanagan, and he'll be reading from his Gaspero novel, which was published last year. It's a cozy little basement bar that used to be kind of a jazz joint. Okay. And then they changed the it's a dumb name. It's a really dumb name. But they, they, they really support, like, poetry readings. And um, when I was there in July, some of my friends who I was traveling with who were musicians, uh, Lexi Marie, she went and did a performance there with a local musician. And I see other people who I know going through Calgary playing there. So they're obviously Neat. big supporters. The name, though, I don't know, because it's actually know, it it's like... actually W I N E apostrophe O H S. Wine O's, yes, yeah, wine O's. Yeah. So wine O's, but that's great that you're going to do a launch in Calgary as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. My parents and grandmother live close to there, so I'm hoping. Oh, nice. Did you grow up in Calgary? No, I grew up in rural New Brunswick and then Toronto. My dad's from New Brunswick and my mom is from Three Hills, Alberta. And now my parents are living back in Three Hills with my grandma. One of my closest friends is from Three Hills, Alberta. What? What is his or her name? Cameron Locks. Okay. L-A-U-X. He definitely knows my grandma. My (laughs) grandma knows everyone. We'll exchange. He lives in London now, but (laughs) we'll talk about it later. Um, but I wanted to say, you, you said you ended up living out, like, not at the base camp, like the artisan residence did. Mm-hmm. Are you now glad that you did because of all oh. these silence? And... Oh, absolutely. It was never a consideration for me. I mean, I just assumed the artist, the visual artist had done what I did mm. and gone out into the backcountry. Um, I'm someone who really loves camping and adventure mm-hmm. and being in the backcountry. So, yeah, that's definitely where I wanted to be. And I love mm. that you made your own job. Mm-hmm. You wrote the yeah. Said. yeah. <laughs> I saw recently that the national parks have this artisan residence thing where you can be either a writer or an art, a visual artist. Yeah. And that was news to me. That sounds worth looking into, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Canadian or American? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. National Park Service, I think, in both places. I think this was American, but I think Canadian parks do it too. And if they don't, you can <coughs> just do what Alina did, which is like write to yeah. them and say, hey. <clears throat> yeah. Give proposal. it a try. You yeah. never know. Someone might say yes. Make your own work. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get paid for that, or was it, or did they cover costs, or how did they covered costs? I had to get my own way to Whitehorse, mm-hmm. so the flight to Whitehorse, and they looked after me after okay. that. Um, the head, the head researcher, and this is through the University of Alberta, actually, Department of Biological Sciences. So, Dr. David Hick, their um, 
was very supportive of this idea and covered covered my costs um, from the time that yeah. I arrived in Whitehorse. And since I was mostly sleeping in a tent, the costs were yeah, the costs yeah, were yeah, fairly minimal, small. Yeah. But yeah, they got me got me out there, and I did stay. I get did get to stay at base camp for two nights where huh. I <laughs> took showers and <laughs> was cooked for. So Sweet. that was nice. Yeah, we were actually out of time. The well, 30 minutes go super fast. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure and so nice to meet you both. Yeah. That was wonderful. In person. Thanks for being yeah, our guest. Not just person. on Facebook. <laughs> um, so we've, we've already told you a little bit about Hullabaloo going on. So th- Friday night and Saturday afternoon. Thursday, it starts on Thursday tomorrow. Yeah. And then Friday night, Saturday afternoon and Saturday night are the, the competition parts that the public can come to. and be... public can come tomorrow, too. Oh, they can come oh, to yeah. Jamboree and everything. So look that up at versusfestival.ca. That whole thing is there. We can't even, like, there's so many events between now and May 3rd that we can't even, even if we had the whole half hour left, we couldn't touch on them all. Is there any other events that uh, either of you want to mention? Well, I was going to say, if you go to Alina and Kevin's and Raul's reading, the thing you can do is after it, you can come downstairs and come check out Hullabaloo because it'll be going on uh, afterwards in the Peter K room and the Alma Van Dusen room. I'll be making lots of noise for everybody there at the library. So that's oh, great. that's perfect. What time does that start? Uh, it'll be going on at the same time, but okay. and and afterwards. So the thing would be just drop by after, go to yours, and then drop by Isn't and it? check out uh, the Hullabaloo. preliminary bouts. Go from one to five on Saturday afternoon, and then uh, the show that night, which is the final bouts, is at eight o'clock. Yeah, I know this because I'm volunteer coordinating, so I've got the <laughs> schedule in my head now. Unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately. And before we go, we should, uh, I know you don't like being embarrassed, but we should congratulate Pam for uh, uh, organizing a really great fundraiser oh, last Friday. What did I do? Right. Yeah, I it was, that was the, amazing. the Co-op Radio 40th anniversary oh, okay. birthday party, oh, uh, organized by lots of people, but yeah. Pam uh, spearheaded it, oh, and thanks, it was a great scene. job. It was a really great job. Yeah, yeah, I love that it sort of brought everybody together. I think it created some community. And- yeah. Yeah, and it was a good party. Yeah. Good party. Never wrong. Never go wrong with a good party. <laughs> All right. So we're going to um, finish off and uh, play you a little PRA from uh, from Versus to go out today for Hullabaloo instead of uh, our out exit music. So we can play both. We can play both. I'll play that and then our exit music. The 2015 Versus Festival of Words is bigger and better than ever. Over 30 events and more than 100 spoken word artists performing April 23rd to May 3rd. Featuring Lucia Mish, Morgan Purvis, Denise Froman, and Dominique Ashaid. Plus, Hullabaloo, the BC Youth Poetry Slam Championships. Check out workshops, panel discussions, masterclasses, and watch out for words flying out of people's faces. For festival passes and more information, go to versusfestival.ca. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?